I'm back. Better than ever. Yay! Welcome back to the 1497 Podcast. It feels so good to say that. I haven't said that in a while. Haven't talked to y'all in a while. I hope y'all doing good. We in 2023. We're... 13 days in. I hope you still got your New Year's resolutions. I really hope you're still working towards your goals. I really hope that you're still sticking towards everything that you were talking about when it was December 31st of 2022. 2022 was it was a good year. A lot of stuff happened as per every year, but we're still in the Okay, we gotta we gotta get get back to normalization. We gotta get back to the normal life because I feel like people are still in like the like the kind of like COVID type mindset, and where it's like we haven't seen anything like that before, and we're kind of scared that it'll happen again because we're back to like all the normal things that we were doing before. So. It's still it's still pretty weird to see like big gatherings and all the sports games happening. Like I'm still happy, but reflecting off of it, it's like damn, like those were two years, and I thought it was only go- like we all thought it was only going to be like two weeks. So it's crazy to think about that. Uh, it's been awesome. It's been the 2023 has been awesome so far. Uh. My my homie came up, or not, he didn't come up with the saying, but he started saying this off of his favorite team, the Patriots. He said, it's a great day to have a great day. And that is a great motto. It's a great quote to say to yourself in the morning. It is a great day to have a great day. So you go out and you be great. You go out and you make your bed. You go out, you put a smile on your face by getting you some Starbucks coffee. Or you go out and you get some Dunkin' Coffee, whatever whatever coffee place that you is your desire. And you make yourself feel good and you go on throughout the day. I mean, I haven't been here in a while. I've been busy. A lot of stuff has popped up. But I'm back now and I'm going to try to keep on getting consistent. The greatest co-host to ever co-host a podcast Michael Wood is not with us on the show anymore, but we still wish him the best. I actually, me and Mike went to a Bulls game when they played the Jazz, and that was like my first time seeing Mike in a very long time. So it was good catching up with him. It was good watching the Bulls being on the emotional roller coaster that they put me through. And almost lose to the Jazz and almost blow a lead to the Jazz because they're up by like eight with four minutes left. But we got the job done. Vucevic, though, he did get postered. And that poster was nice. I'm not going to sit up here and say that poster, oh, like, Lori Marketing didn't do his thing. But that poster was nice. He cocked back and it was clean to, like, whoo. Whew. And he played good in his revenge game. They just couldn't get the win. The Jazz really surprised me, though, this year. You get all these guys. You get all this draft capital. And you're still in the midst 
of NBA playoff seeding because I think they're a six seed, if I'm not mistaken, right now. But the one thing they've been doing really good is shooting the ball. Yeah, or right now, excuse me, right now they're the ninth seed, but that'd still be considered playoff contention because of the playing game. So if the playoffs did start right now, I wouldn't want to play them if they sneaked their way in to the playoffs. And the reason why is they shoot the three ball really well. They're top 15 in three-point percentage in the league. And Laurie Markkinen has made a big jump with his three-point shooting. Same and Kelly, o, Kelly Olenek is a good three-point shooter. On that on that squad, same with Jordan Clarkson. So they have a lot of guys where they can make they can be that under. Well, they are going to be the underdog, but they can make some noise against top tier teams in the playoffs. Speaking of basketball, LeBron went down or his Lakers went down yesterday and double OT. Just Lucas, the truth. Luca is the truth. The signature step back three in your face. You are going to need mouthwash every time because it's just straight FaceTime. Hey, post it up in front of Luca's in front of Luca's arm while he's shooting the three. Bow. Oh, Luca's holding in his follow through. Though it's about to go in. I'm about to get gained. Bow. Like. The only misfortune that Luka Doncic has is his team is so streaky when it comes to shooting. One day, they will make 26 threes. The next day, they'll go two for 30 from three. Then the next day after that, they'll have a mediocre game from the three-point line. If you're the general, if you're Luka, you're in the LeBron James situation where Ownership is not really doing too much to give you what you need to win a championship because they need that next guy. And Christian Wood could be one of those guys, but we saw two guys. It's not going to be five guys on the court because they're con- they're going to have to consistently play at a top tier level and hope that their bench plays at a top tier level. On top of that, they don't have a big that can really defend in the paint. When they played the Lakers, Thomas Bryant had, I think, 12 rebounds over uh, Dwight Powell and Christian Wood, but then Christian Wood was also firing back in the paint as well. If you go up against a team with a predominant big, you're going to get demolished in the paint, and if you're having one of those off-shooting nights that that I was talking about, it puts you in a position where you can't stop them because they're destroying you in the paint. Then you can't stop them because they're also out shooting you and they're causing turnovers because they might double Luca and make another guy step up for your team. And the Lakers also did that in the Christmas game. But the only thing that they failed is, or no, I wouldn't say they failed at it. The Mavericks got hot at the right time. Luca started slowing down the pace. And usually when players get double teamed, they start to panic. 
Luca was completely calm when he got double teamed, and he still found the open man, and they kept on hitting shots. In the third quarter, they hit the majority of those shots. I think they made more than like 20, like they made around like 17 threes in one quarter. And that's insane. So they have to stay consistent when it comes to shooting. They have to be able to not get in those little streaks of cold shooting in the playoffs. But that's far down the line. What else has been going on? I really like Miami Heat. Miami Heat is becoming my favorite to come out the Eastern Conference. And I'm basing that off of what Boston is doing and what the Milwaukee Bucks look like right now. Giannis did not play. He didn't play good offensively. He only had, I think he only finished with nine points, but he had 18 rebounds. And that was expected without Clint Capella playing. But they're at the bottom half of turnovers. Everything else, they're playing fine defensively. But if you're not able to pick up those turnovers, you're going to give away the ball in pivotal situations. And you're playing against a a playoff team. That's not going to help you out. Or even at that, if you're playing against a Boston, if you're playing against a Brooklyn, if you're playing against Miami, they're going to be able to score off of those turnovers. So you have to clean this stuff up now because what I've learned is bad habits are, how can I say this? Bad habits are contagious to good teams. For great teams, they're not even a known disease. And let me go into that. You look at, you look at what what team would be a good example of like a good team. We can say we can go down the route. We can go down the route of Chicago. They have a guy in Zach Levine that can score. They have guys outside of Zach Levine that can score. But when you look at them in a playoff format and ask yourself, can they win a championship? The answer is no. They don't have enough. They don't have a big that can rebound. Hence the reason they got Andre Jordan. They don't have Lonzo still. Hence the reason they got other players. When you're shot, their bad habit, let's say their bad habit is turning over the ball just like Milwaukee. They're going to still turn over the ball and it's just going to become contagious because when you're playing against teams that are under 500, you're going to play down towards the competition. So you're going to tell yourself, well, 10 turnovers, that's nothing. That's that's easy against uh, a Sacramento Kings team, even though they're playing well. But like we're just saying that as the as the consensus of them being bad for the last couple of years in this scenario. But then you look at great teams as a not right now, but same thing with the consensus of them being great in past years. You look at the Warriors, they're going to nip that in the butts the first 
time they give up over 10 turnovers. And the reason why is because it's not a habit that they're used to doing. It is not something that they are going to continue doing because they're such a great organization and they're such a great team that that problem will get fixed right then and there. But with good teams, that problem will float around, will stay afloat for a while and continue throughout without being noticed. Why? Because they're winning games. Why? Because their star players are playing good. Why? Because of their bench players are playing good. But as soon as you get to the playoffs, those bad habits come. That's why they say it's hard to get rid of bad habits. That reason right there. So the reason why I like the Miami Heat so much is they have a guy in Jimmy Butler who has proved over and over again you can put him on a squad like LeBron and somehow, some way, they will find a way to getting very they will find a way of becoming very close in beating those top tier teams. Look at last year with Miami. This man didn't really have a consistent score. Bam out of bio wasn't consistently scoring. Tyler Hero wasn't consistently scoring. You give Duncan Robinson all this money for what he did in the bubble, he wasn't consistently scoring. Same with Max Drew. Same with Gabe Vincent. The only guy that was doing that was Jimmy Butler. So you think when they go up against a team like the Boston Celtics, who was, I think, first in defensive efficiency last year, have a defensive player of the year on their team, they have all the shooters in the world, not in the world, but they have all the shooters around them to succeed. And Jimmy Butler took them to seven games. Now, regular season Bam is great Bam because he is a consistent player or he's a consistent two-way player. Play good, plays good defensively, plays good offensively. Now, if he's able to do that in the playoffs, it is a completely different story. And I think defensively, this team is going to be a force to be reckoned with. And offensively, they just need that guy. They need one of those guys to be just to give you 15. And if you do that, you go to the finals. So what do you do in that situation? You trade for a guy like OG Ananobi, who as a small forward, power forward position has been locking down the opposing player that he's going up against. Uh, against like shooting guards, small forwards, they're all shooting in the low 20, in the low, in the low teens, 21.6% is like the highest he's allowing against opposing players shooting percentage. So you go out and get a guy like OG Ananobi and it might cost you two draft picks, but I don't think it'll cost you a player. You're in the situation where you can win an NBA final. You're in the situation where you can make a push for the NBA final. So I think you give up a future first round pick and you give up another pick on top of that to get a guy like OG Ananobi or to get a guy like Fred Van Vliet and trade Kyle Lowry back because Kyle Lowry is not the guy that he used to be. Kyle Lowry 
is not the guy that the Miami Heat paint that they want him to be or picture him, picture the way that he wants to be. So if you're able to get those two guys or one of those two guys, you're going to be chilling when it comes to playoffs. But that's enough about basketball. I mean, other than that, the Warriors, they got they got their ass whooped by the Suns without no one being on the Suns. Uh, LeBron is LeBron. The Lakers are the Lakers. Uh, Houston, or not Houston. James Harden has looked pretty good. Joel has also looked pretty good. The New York Knicks started off hot, and now they're coming back down to earth. I mean, that's that's basically, I mean, Donovan Mitchell dropped 71 points against my Chicago Bulls. He also dropped a whopping 51 and lost the other day against the Utah Jazz. Or no, not the Utah Jazz. Oh, crud, what was that team? I wanted to come back to my mind. Uh say that uh yeah so we're gonna move on to football because it is setting up to be the tom brady overachieving icing on the kate goat story now the reason i say that is because history has been on mr brady's side against the cowboys he's seven and oh five of those games coming in as a Patriot. And then two of those games, obviously being in Tampa Bay. Brady was only sacked 22 times. I was flabbergasted when I saw that. And the reason why I was flabbergasted is because their offensive line has been injured throughout this whole year. So for him to be sacked only 22 times, says a lot, says a lot about the backups that came in. Because 22 times, to compare to, I think Justin Fields was sacked 54, 55 times. That is almost, that's basically doubling doubling that amount. That's over the, the double of, double double the amount that he was sacked. And that is crazy. With all the problems that has pinned over Tampa Bay, they still find, well, they found their way into the playoffs because the NFC, the NFC South was literally the NFC East two years ago. But their opponent rushing yards per game, or not their opponent rushing yards per game, their opponent passing yards per game is right behind Dallas at 203.6. Brady is also 11 and 4 on the road, but now but now he gets to play them in Tampa Bay, which I don't know how that happened. Let me let me see. Is that game not happening? What? Oh, that's a Monday night game. Okay. That makes sense. The Dallas Cowboys are going to Tampa to play him. And the last time they went to Tampa was in another week one break or not week one breakdown. Oh, my God. Another great week one Monday night game where they're or Sun, Thursday night game. Excuse me. 
they were going at each other. Back and forth, back and forth. A lot of points being scored. But the bottom of the line is, you can say all the statistics to back up Brady. You can say all the statistics to back up Dallas, the, the Dallas Cowboys defense or Dak Prescott. But it really comes down to Mike McCarthy. It really comes down to Dak Prescott. Because we both know they shouldn't be in this situation right now. But they put themselves in this situation because they are the Cowboys. They always find a way to lose. They always find a way to put themselves in a tough position. So you have to go on the road. I think you got to blow I think you got to beat Tampa by at least two touchdowns. At least two touchdowns. Now the line right now is saying says they're the favorite by 3. But in my eyes you have to beat them by two touchdowns. And the reason why I say that is your team is so is so much better than Tampa. Tampa only passes only passes the ball. There has been multiple times where Brady has dropped back in the pocket more than 40 times in a span of or he has dropped back 40 times in almost every single game. Why? Because they don't have a rushing attack. That's why Mike Evans, even though he's an underrated receiver, but that's why Mike Evans has his eighth a thousand yard year that's why chris godwin has been looking good that's why the passing offense is still top in the league because all they do are top 15 in the league because all they do is pass the cowboys have the best of both worlds they have a guy in tony pollard who plays good when zeke plays good and you have to feed zeke in order for zeke to get going then you have tony pollard where he can Give it to you in the rushing game and give it to you in the receiving game. Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz. Defensively has been stifling, stifling all year long. So you have to go into Tampa and you have to tell the haters like me, Stephen A., and everyone else, we're going to take care of business. We are going to get our second playoff win in over 25 years. We are going to be facing San Francisco again when the time comes. Now, if they don't do this, there's going to be two guys that are going to be under a lot of fire. Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy for some dumb play call that he did and Dak Prescott for not performing. And a lot of people are still looking at 13 seconds, how Dak can score a touchdown, but Patrick Mahomes can. I'm just saying, that's what separates elite quarterbacks from great quarterbacks and from great quarterbacks to just good quarterbacks. That's what, that's what separates a top three quarterback from an overall top 10 quarterback and from a top 10 quarterback to a top 15 quarterback. You can't crumble in moments like that. You have to know what's on the line. So with that being said, you can never doubt Brady. You can never doubt Mahomes, even though I dislike Brady because I am a Bills fan and he has walked over the Bills countless of times. I got the Bucks. I got the Bucks in this game. I think Tom Brady is going to yet find another way to get very, very close or into a Super Bowl. And that for this is just be wild.
the Vikings. Now they're in the same situation as the Cowboys, where no one trusts Kirk. No one. The only person on earth that trusts Kirk is me. Now, Kirk last year, he put up top 10 numbers, but he didn't get into the playoffs. And the reason why is because they lost a lot of one-score games. This year, their three losses came from teams that they will most likely face in the playoffs. The Eagles, San Francisco, and the Cowboys. And they got routed by all three teams. So, and they're all in like a primetime spot. So you pause and think, what is Kirk Cousins going to do? Is he going to be the guy that does this? Is he going to be the guy that finally comes up to the plate? Yes. And the reason why is because of Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson is going to do what he's been doing for the past couple years. Or not the past couple years, this season so far. And the thing why I say that is think about all the great receivers and the quarterback combination. You're just coming off a season to remember. Breaking Randy Moss's single season record, breaking franchise records. Are you really going to go in? And on top of that, looked embarrassed or was embarrassed by Jair Alexander in the Green Bay Packers defense. Do you really think he's going to tell Kirk? Yeah, like. It is what it is. I know you're going to do your thing. Let's go. No, he's going to give him a speech. He is going to give him something so uplifting that the creation of something beautiful is going to come through Kirk and Kirk is going to prevail over and over and over again. This year is a bunch of storylines. And this storyline is, can Kirk do it? And as people would say on Bob the Builder, yes, he can. Other games, I mean, Chargers, Jacksonville, that's going to be an offensive showdown. Jacksonville has the edge defensively. Chargers have the edge quarterback-wise. I got Justin Herbert. Bengals, they have a great defense. They have a great offense. The Ravens have a great defense. Their offense, Lamar Jackson is not playing. Tyler Huntley might not play. So the third-string quarterback is going to have to step up for them. Uh, I feel like I'm missing one. If it, I definitely, am I? Oh, Seahawks, San Francisco, it might rain in Seattle. Or it's looking like it's going to rain in Seattle. Seattle has the 30th worst rushing defense, and Kyle Shanahan is an offensive guru. So San Francisco. Uh, Buffalo, Miami is coming in with a rookie quarterback, though Mike McDaniels is also another genius from the Kyle Shanahan offensive tree. I don't think it will be enough against this Buffalo team. 
So I'm taking Buffalo. Also, I'm glad that DeMar Hamlin is okay, and I'm glad that he's going back because that makes me so happy. I've never seen anything like that happen on TV when I'm watching a game before where he's on the ropes of fighting for his life. So it's something so shocking to see, and it lose, like you lose words in those moments. So I think they're, every game that Buffalo plays, they're playing for him. And that's just going to give them extra motivation to do it for DeMar. They're going to be scary. They're going to be scary. Uh, what else? I feel like that was a, that was a nice little, that was a nice little, that was a nice little comeback episode. A nice little pick me up episode. Mondays and Fridays, I'm going to be here. And I'm going to just be talking, talking about basketball, talking about football. Hell, probably talking about the Kardashians for all that much. But it was good to come back. It was good to ramble in front of a screen. It's good to to project my voice over your lovely radio, TV, speaker, whatever it is. I'm glad to be back. Follow 1497 Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Shout out Michael Wood for being the greatest co-host in 1497 Podcast history as always i will be back i got a lot of football i got a lot of stuff to watch man i got a lot of stuff to watch dang but y'all have a great weekend college basketball it's the it's the great it's a it's a great time to be alive it took a lot yeah it's a great time to be alive i will be back as always trust the process i'm out of here bill's mafia baby yeah